Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling from U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Vikings needed a little bit of everything to escape this one with another one-score win. Ben, they're right back on track, winning games that it feels like at times they have no business winning or at times that they feel like they should also blow the opponent out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this one I, I wrote in my game story. Adam Thielen talked a lot about, and you heard it from a lot of players, talking about how we wanted to show that Sunday wasn't us. This very much was in terms of needing to pull a game out by the skin of your teeth thanks to a kick return touchdown, thanks to a uh, roughing or running into the puncher penalty that Ryan Wright perhaps has been watching sports where other people kick balls and um, apply a bit of theatricality when they get hit. Um, World Cup's going on right now. So they had those things. They had an overturned touchdown uh, when Hunter Henry had the ball knocked out. Um, Some big throws from Kirk Cousins. A couple of big sacks towards the end of the game from a pass rush that had not done much to bother Mac Jones throughout the night and I'm probably missing something a kickoff return for a touchdown um a bunch of a bunch of swings on special teams um they the Patriots were down to their backup uh well not backup but a reserve punter and that guy shanked a punt uh that helped set up a short field for Minnesota at the end uh, obviously a Kenny Wongwu scoring there was huge for them uh, the gaff, the yeah, the the running into uh, Ryan Wright um, was was critical for them, and then they still needed a, a Bynum third down deflection on Jacoby Myers. They still needed the sack by Daniel Hunter at the very end um, on third down to just eke this one out against a Patriots offense that I couldn't believe the way they threw the ball on this Vikings defense, I mean, especially the way that the Patriots had looked so far this year. Yeah, Mac Jones throws for a career-high 382 yards, two touchdowns. At times, looked like I – w- I wouldn't say the better quarterback. I thought Kirk Cousins had an awfully good night. Uh, Mac Jones was awfully efficient at times, in part because he wasn't – rushed for a lot of the game. I mean, he had a lot of clean pockets, and that's not a very good Patriots offensive line. So the fact that he had as much time to throw as he did is a concern. Also had a lot of time to pick up part the middle of that defense and pick on Duke Shelley, who had the one big pass breakup but got targeted quite a bit, as we figured he probably would. Um, yeah, this this was a Patriots team that did not score an offensive touchdown a week ago, and they – had 450 some yards tonight so um yeah not not a great night for the Vikings defense but they came up with the stops they had to have at the end and you know (laughs) the dominance of the fourth quarter that they've had for a lot of the season other than that Cowboys game uh came back tonight yeah the dominance of Justin Jefferson he does it again with nine catches 139 yards and a touchdown and his most impressive catch wiped away by a holding penalty um, by Ed Ingram, uh, just another all ridiculous the one he grab. took it basically took away from the guy trying to intercept yep. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was just insane, and that doesn't even count. Um, but he makes a, a huge grab. His last one was huge, thirty-six yarder, sets up uh, the go-ahead score, and that was one where Devin McCourty just drills him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, he got hit quite a bit tonight and kept popping up, and you don't want to see that happen all the time because if they lose him, it's over. Um, you, that you 
absolutely simply cannot lose him. But um, I would say one thing on the the catch that got called back to the because of the holding penalty. I would argue that it did count in the sense that if you think that ball is intercepted, if he doesn't catch it, which I think looked like a certain certainly a possibility, if that ball is intercepted, they're declining the penalty oh, and they're taking the they're taking the the ball. So, um, in that sense, it was very important. Um, obviously, it doesn't go in the stat sheet in, in the end, but the fact that he made it on a ball that I did not think Kirk Cousins should have thrown, that was an awfully dangerous throw. He had a couple of those tonight where it was, uh, you know, the, the the aggressiveness is good, but he took some chances tonight that could have burned him uh, and that one certainly was one of them. But, yeah, the the fact that Jefferson kept that from being a play where the Patriots might not want to take the penalty ultimately probably was important. I thought Kirk was dealing tonight. I mean, Kirk obviously had the bad pick. Um, yeah. The yeah. Aaron throw, but – Threw the one to Jefferson, too, that probably could have been picked. The yeah. one he kind of threw yeah. inside. That's true. Um, um, other than that, I thought he was – the Patriots pl- tried to play it seemed like a lot of softer zone on them, and he was kind of finding the underneath stuff on the opening drive. He escapes the pressure and finds Thielen underneath. Um, he he seemed to be a little more comfortable, if yeah, maybe comfortable enough to be loose, like you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, overall, I thought he played awfully well. Um, you know, he kind of talked about it after the game too of some throws he wanted back, and and he had a couple like like we're saying where he you know was probably living right a little bit and. And Justin Jefferson probably made him right a couple of times. But, yeah, I mean, the throws he made at the end, the the throw to Jefferson for the big one to set up the last touchdown was a heck of a throw. And he he talked about how he should have gotten to Thielen sooner on the touchdown. But even to fit that in there, he put some, some mustard on that thing, m- moving to his left to be able to hitch a couple times. That was a big-time throw. And, and you've seen him make a fair number of those when they have to have them this season and I I think he's it's he continues to play with more confidence he talked after the game about the number of times he hears it from either coaches or teammates hey we've got your back we believe in you and he talked about how much that's meant to him I almost almost got choked up talking about that of, of how much that has meant to him and it it is not hard to draw a line from that to the way he is playing, especially when you compare it, or contrast it, I should say, with what we've seen in the past. Uh, it is You do not have to be a psychologist to figure out how all of this is working and how he's responding to it, uh, especially compared to the way it's gone in previous years. There was even the kid with the, the chains on the Jumbotron yeah. in the stadium. Yeah, the kid got a shout-out. Kirk said, get him some tickets, bring him back. So it could be a very good night, good, good Thanksgiving night for that kid. <laughs> uh, he does seem more comfortable, Kirk, that is. Uh, the kid seems comfortable in his skin, but so does Kirk, um, at least right now with the 9-2 and two Vikings firmly atop. I saw you wrote they, they can clinch the NFC North next week. They can. Um, so they need – they are 9-2 and two. With two teams in the NFC North that are currently four and seven, yes, the the Lions and Packers are four and seven. So Packers play Sunday night in Philly. Uh, if the Packers were to lose that game, and the Lions were to lose next Sunday, I'm not entirely sure who the Lions play next week. But 
if they were to lose to whoever that is, and we can tap dance here as we try to figure this out, um, and the Vikings win, the uh, Vikings would be 10-2, and two, and everybody else in the division would have at least nine losses. The Lions play the Jacksonville Jaguars next Sunday at home. So if the Lions were to lose that, they'd be 4-8, and eight, so max is 9, and then the Vikings are 10-2. and two, They clinch the division. If the Lions win next week, then at worst you are going to Detroit the following week saying uh, we win the we win we win the division assuming the Packers lose to the Eagles on Sunday which I think is probably going to happen seems but like a likelihood yeah so there there's a scenario where they clinch next week there's a scenario where they clinch uh, the following week in Detroit but either way we are talking about clinching scenarios in early December not late December or early January well, it's not like the Vikings have a kicker to worry about going into a playoff stretch run. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's perfect outside of uh, every missed extra point and fifty yard field goal. <laughs> yeah, missed a missed a, and it missed it to the right again tonight. Um, yep, yep. You know, kind of the same things that that Matt Daniels has talked about, kind of pushing it to the right, and he had some pressure kind of near his feet on that one again, which Matt Daniels has talked about possibly being a reason for some of those misses to the right that he's not following all the way through. Um, that was a pretty bad miss tonight and uh, you know, could have been a big moment there in the sense that um, yeah, it was a, <laughs> that was to put them up four and he missed it and it's a three-point game there. Yeah, for a team that, that needs to win on these margins, that's a pretty big error in the margins that they keep committing. He's had five missed extra points this season. I believe that is uh, it's the most in the league for sure by a couple. I, I think. think Jason Sanders has three, okay. so yeah, I think it's a couple. So either way, that's that's definitely an area of concern. But the special teams eventually showed up for the Vikings after giving up a big kickoff return to start this game, as well. Um, where where is the pass rush? I don't I don't want to make this all doom and gloom after after another win. Um, but that is one where we saw that even in the Dallas game where it just went dormant. And I was watching, trying to watch it through some drives, and it seemed like the Patriots were doing a good job like the Vikings were of continually chipping with their tight ends, their running backs. Dalvin Cook for the Vikings had a huge night um, continually helping Blake Brandle and, and some of the offensive linemen out doing that stuff. But um, I think that played a factor for the Vikings' defensive side of things. But at the same time, we aren't seeing game wreckers Adarius as he deals with that knee injury. Yeah, and I think that is a probably – it's probably not a bad time for a mini buy from that perspective because I'll be curious to see what his snap count was tonight, but it was down against the Cowboys even before they started pulling starters. I mean, even compared to the other defensive starters, it was pretty low. And I have to think that is affecting him to some degree. And, yeah, you, you just didn't see him kind of as disruptive tonight as, as he's been. I Daniel Hunter – I think had more consistent pressure on Mac Jones than Zedarius did. And yeah, I have to think that's affecting him. Getting Dalvin Tomlinson back in a week, I think will help. Um, but yeah, they need some reinforcements there and they, they probably need them in secondary too, because I mean, Duke Shelley had the pass breakup probably helped by the fact that the officials let him play through that one, but they picked on him quite a bit tonight. And, um, you're not going to face a murderer's row of quarterbacks here in the next few weeks, but people are going to go after him. 
And then it looked like Cam Bynum was cheating towards Shelley's side on the 34-yard touchdown down the middle where yep. Kendrick, I think, or Nelson Aguilar, or yep. who, who yeah, had Ag- it down the middle. Chandon Sullivan let Aguilar go, probably figuring he had help yeah. deep. It looked like that was probably the assignment he was supposed to play there, yeah. playing a shallow zone. And then Aguilar basically splits the two safeties right down the middle of the field on a free release, just straight go pattern. And then Bynum just straight up missed a tackle on Hunter Henry, who was turned loose by the linebackers up front on the 37-yard catch and run. So it's like a little bit of everybody kind of got beat in the secondary, it seemed like. Um, I talked to Bynum after the game, and he said, yeah, we're, we're giving up too many yards, obviously. Um, and that's where that defense is at. <laughs> but they held enough, and they continue to come up with these fourth-quarter stops. And Chandon Sullivan said after the game that we just don't panic. Or this is a close locker room. And he said it's really cool for us to see this now because we anticipate that's going to help us uh, in this in these December and January, hopefully, playoff games that they're going to play moving forward because uh, they need to play better defensively. You're going to get steamrolled by a, a Dallas again, a San Francisco, one of these more complete offenses because the Patriots, the Patriots have never looked like that on offense all year and all of a sudden you make them look like the the greatest show on turf rams at times it was just that was a little bit concerning to see if, if you're a vikings fan. appreciate all those dump off passes to Ramondre stevenson when i'm playing him in <laughs> fantasy this week thanks for that bill um you know all the all the ppr one catch for two yards i'm gonna get death by a thousand cuts uh, whatever no, one of them went for 40 yards one that, of them did that, but there were a lot of them that went for like one or two true true so. but the 40 yard dump I mean we saw Tony Pollard have a few big catches against the Vikings last uh a week ago so um they've got some com- guy has Hawkinson too so <laughs> they're a lot to get me <laughs> there's some concerning trends for um, my fantasy team or for the Vikings probably for both it sounds like for both my fantasy team is also eight and eight and three, so well, so you know, kind of kind of similar. We're picking similar nits trends all around. Similar trends, nits we're, to pick. We're yes. picking nits all around, um, because other than that, there's really not too much to take away from this one. Other than Justin Jefferson is still dominant. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is still, you know, playing loose and overcoming some of his errors early in some of these games, which is a good sign to see for the Vikings. And I thought, honestly, I thought one thing we should mention is I thought that offensive line played so much better than they yeah. did on Sunday. Yeah, they really did. And, and they, Blake Brandle got beat for one late, but until that point, you hadn't really noticed him that much, which is is a compliment to him and to what they were doing. They, they had a lot more two tight end stuff tonight. I mean, a lot of keeping tight ends into chip. Um, you know, I think Kevin O'Connell kind of alluded to that this week that there's sort of a a decision you have to make of where am I going to put my help, how often I'm going to be able to do that. He talked about kind of figuring out where the hard downs are, and, and that phrase, when he uses that, it means where are the plays where I'm going to tell somebody, you have to block one-on-one, there is no help coming your way because we don't have it. Um, you know, Who do we kind of lean on for those plays? And Yeah, overall, I, I thought they were better. And Darisaw would have been one of those guys. Yes, but Darisaw is very much one of those guys, but obviously not playing tonight because of the concussion. Um this may trend a little bit towards a hot take here, but we talk a lot about wanting quarterbacks when they're paid the kind of money that Kirk Cousins is paid to be able to overcome and to elevate a team. Uh, he he did not he does not do that in the traditional sense. But if you look at it, you had a defense tonight that got burned by a team that has not scored that many points all year. Uh, he's playing with an offensive line that's beat up. 
the running game has not been able to be productive. I mean, they they just I think Dalvin Cook's longest run tonight was six yards. They have not been able to open up room for him, and um, they ran it enough to kind of keep the Patriots honest in that regard. But it has not been effective lately, and they win this game. I mean, certainly the special teams helped a lot. I mean, the special teams made a lot of big plays, but they have needed Cousins to elevate in these types of moments. And for a lot of the second half tonight, he did that. So, I mean, it's not Patrick Mahomes just kind of taking games over, but I think you're seeing him move closer to doing that than we have seen before. And, you know, uh, that, that I think counts for something because I, I am a believer in that you need quarterbacks to do that. Those types of games put people in the stratosphere that they get paid this kind of money. And uh, if you get stuff that looks more like that, it's uh, it's valuable. And I think to, to that point, too, about Kirk, we're seeing him play through adversity in some of these games in ways that I think just affected Vikings teams and maybe Kirk differently in the past where they weren't able to bounce back middle of yeah. games. It was also like, a primetime game. Like they happen, And it was a primetime game for Kirk that he was able to get that win. I saw a stat from ESPN that Kirk uh, had the highest completion percentage against Bill Belichick outside of the Tony Sperano Wildcat game. Yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. And clearly the, the Patriots came into this one wanting to take Dalvin Cook away, yep. make Kirk beat them, and Kirk kind of did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently, Bill Belichick can't beat Michigan State quarterbacks at U.S. Bank <laughs> Stadium. Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins. That's right. This wasn't quite the barn burner that that Super Bowl was, but the last time Bill Belichick was here, there was like 1,100 yards of offense. Yeah. Um, and this was, was this was, was a surprising. A this was a surprising shootout too. Yep. I think everybody thought this was going to be just a kind of dry out through the mud game. And I think the Vikings like 16-13 or something. Yeah, and Kirk had didn't have as much trouble with the Patriots defense as I thought he would, and certainly Mac Jones did not have as much trouble with the Vikings defense as I thought he would. I was um, not expecting 681 passing yards between those two tonight. No, both of those guys uh, were just on fire at, at points, so well, we'll see how much that really uh, tells us about the Vikings defense moving forward, because they get Zach Wilson, uh, who actually, no, they Did might get Zach Wilson? Sorry, they might get Mike White. I don't know who they're going to get. Joe Flacco, Mike White, Zach Wilson, which Jets quarterback, which white quarterback for the Jets are they going to get? Who is a quarterback? <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, which athlete? We will talk to you guys next week. Please check out all of our work at StarTribune.com. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week previewing the Vikings against the Jets.